0: you know the subject you know talking about raising our emotional health and it's that whole thing that i've been talking about this is going to be the sixth week where i share a little about this but i give you a lot of other nuggets and if you're uh, hear me i throw out so much stuff you might want to just bring a notepad and paper and write down whatever you feel like god is focusing on you whatever he's he's putting attention on you because that's where he wants to build but when i think of raising our emotional health, we can come to church on sunday get pumped up yeah yeah and then when we go out the door, life, problems, situations, circumstances, relationships seem to overwhelm us. And almost like the word, the seeds that come into us seem like going to like go into the ground. But that's why we're working on our raising our emotional health. Because our five senses are so connected with our, our relationship with God and our spiritual growth. We accept Jesus Christ. Our spirit is made alive. So we begin this relationship but it's our five senses, our mind, will, and emotions that are assaulted and distracted from continually to build our spiritual life. And God is trying to build us up so that we can have everything in our, in our five senses, our soul, working in cooperation with our, the Spirit of God that's now saved and connected with God so that we can get the most out of life. So the creativity and the, and the God-creativeness that's in us can work with who we are and what's deeply buried inside of us so that we can exercise all in which God gave us, all of our potential, all of our hopes, dreams, and everything that God has for us. So I have this little story. I've been reading this book, and this guy, he he's a pilot in early World War II, and he's training other fighter pilots how to fly. And so he has different classes coming through, and he's teaching them, and he talks about this one guy. He goes, this guy is the worst pilot ever i don't think he it's his calling i don't think he has this ability to fly and he's you know taking him up and he has this old two you know like an old trainer and it's open cockpit and the the main pilot sits in the front and then the rookie pilot who's learning sits in the back and the rookie pilot wonders why the pilot carries has this roll of toilet paper in the airplane he thinks well maybe something happens you need the toilet paper Anyway, this guy's over and over. He's going back and forth, back and forth. And he's flying, and this he's saying, this guy does not get it. He lands, like, terribly. He, 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 if he's ever going to be a fighter pilot, he's going to get shot down in his first day of combat because he's, he's, he's all stiff. There's no, there's no flow. And he tells him, you've got to have some flow in you. What's wrong with you? If you are going to stay alive, you're going to have to have this thing. And he's thinking, like, should I wash this guy out or whatever? So it's getting towards the end of of the time of flying so he's flying and he's, this guy's just terrible and so he says I'm taking back the control so he's flying so he flies a little farther and there's this camp he flies over every so often where there's a lot of kids and he takes this roll of toilet paper and throws it out of the airplane and then they, as they buzz the, the camp a few times they see the kids running and grasping all these long trails of toilet paper and so it kind of loosens up the rookie pile in the back And so he's laughing at everything else, and he's just really, he's just out of his element. And so the pilot says, okay, fly us home. And he said, in that moment, this guy, something kicked in. Something kicked in his spirit and all the knowledge he had, and he began to fly. And that's what God wants to do. God is in this restoration process of restoring our soul. Why? So that you can fly through life being strong in spirit because God is in you and and, and you know your relationship with God and you're open to hear when God wants to adjust your path and and strengthen. But he needs all of your five senses to be in cooperation so that you can fly through life. So you can rise above circumstances and attitudes and oppression and everything that you're going through. And when you're going through trials, you have the ability to realize God is with me and I am not alone. And so on that basis, I want to do a quick review of scriptures I'm using to back up where we're dealing with our emotions and our senses the first one is psalms 51 6 david's prayer behold you desire truth in the inner being make me therefore to know wisdom in my innermost heart and we know david had already been tracking with god he had defeated goliath he had he had risen to kingship but he ends up falling into sin and he realizes he needs some more work done in his life that he has a heart with god but there's some emotions there's some things that he's let loose in his life and he's realizing I need more healing and he's talking about that healing that goes on in our soul again that, that born again and we're born into this world our spirit is made alive but without God and without a strong spirit we're basically doing what feels right, what feels good and so a lot of times we're doing wrong things so God's restoring us next verse is 1 Thessalonians 5.23 <coughs> Paul's writing again to us May the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, make you pure and holy, consecrated to God. May your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Again, so Jesus is kind of holding back. He's not a rush to come. Why? He wants a full house. He wants people who are connected in a relationship with him and connected to each other. And, you know, the, the stuff I've been talking about raising our em- emotional health is really dependent on us as this local church. Those of you who are coming here, and um, hopefully you're being called in here, and God's wanting to root you so deep in this place. Why? So that you will know how to have connection and know how to have true relationships. So that we don't just buzz in, say hi, and leave, but God's building something that we're connecting to people. And we're finding our place. And what happens? More gifts, more abilities, more ministry happens because you're connecting. And when you connect, you find the value in who you are by who you're connected to and what's going on. Prosperity is dependent on the health of our soul. Third John 1-2. John writes, beloved, that's us. I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well. Even as I know, your soul keeps well and prospers. So again, he's talking about our emotional health. A lot of psychological things go on that create and generate sickness in our body. More and more, the sciences and um, the, the medical community are doing studies. They realize our mental health is so key to our physical health. And so, again, John is laying it out there before all the technology and medicine today, saying... God wants us to prosper and be in health, but it's conditioned to how our soul is prospering. You know, when you're anxious and when you're in conflict, it eats away. It can cause ulcers. It can, it can cause uh, heavy depression and discouragement, and it takes a toll on our body. A lot of times, we can be in, dis- in denial of our soul's needs. You know, a lot of times when we're feeling strong, we can operate a long time under stress, because our body is compensating or our will is compensating. You know, God was very angry with the prophets that were in Jeremiah's day because they did not speak the truth. So Jeremiah says this in um, Jeremiah 6.14, and this is from the Living Bible. Jeremiah prophesied, you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. And this whole premise that we're kind of launching from is like we have to break the power of the past in our life and today on the back counter there is a sheet that looks like this you can't even see it because it's very light but there's a sheet on the back counter and what it is it it has you just look at your your family of origin just as a place to further examine your heart and kind of dig a little bit it's not for you to blame your family although you may have feelings but let anger feelings disconnection let them come up and bring them to god because the bottom line, it's not about getting even with our past or our broken family, but looking at how we behave now and how our behaviors today are directly correlated with our family members and, and the input and the, and the forming that happened in that environment of growing up. So that's out there. Then also there's a number of these out. There's not a whole lot, but if you guys take them, I'll make more. <laughs> this, this is a little bit more scarier. It's the inventory of your emotional and spiritual health. And I told you, I took this, and I realized I'm just below being uh, healthy emotional. So I still have some work. God's still working on me, you know? But it's kind of interesting to take this and to see where you're at, and there's this graph that you draw when you connect all the answers and how to fill it out at the end when you make your graph to see where you're, where you're at, where you fall in these different categories between your emotional health You know, in some areas you're going to be stable, some areas you're working, and some areas you can see, you know, where you're at. But it's kind of exciting and fun, so I want to challenge you to pick one of these up if you want. And if they run out, let me know. I'll make some more. You know, sometimes we're so busy in life, we don't have time to stop and dig. But sometimes the attitudes we present with people, the things that we put up in our families show, we we can recognize if we just stop, we realize where we're disconnected. And God wants us to feel our feelings. And sometimes when we begin to feel our feelings, especially angry, anger or wherever you feel like, when you finally get in touch with yourself and you realize you're broken, you can get so angry in a moment realize, okay, this is, I realize this is the problem, but then all of a sudden, okay, God, change it all. Well, it's not all going to change in one minute just because you see it. And sometimes because we see it and we see it, there's a lot of things that have to happen we want to give up. But stay in that place And let God say, okay, God, I'm angry because this is the way I am. This is what needs to change. But give me the grace to work on myself and in these relationships that are important to me, help me to work and have faith where I'm giving people grace so that they can change so I can learn how to connect. So it's going to be a process, but don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Again, trust issues that come up in our life. Influences that have uh, happened to us, our interactions with people, positive and negative, all Uh, show us where we're locked up where we're 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 protecting ourselves or or where we're just denying our our incredible the incredible needs that we have in our emotions and we're all working to establish healthier patterns healthier relationships healthier communication i got this quote from t.d jakes last week there is treasure in your trash so as you're digging things up and maybe getting in touch with some anger some things that you haven't been able to change maybe even stuff from a past relationship and you feel this anger going on the treasure in your trash is that there's a new creation in you you're create recreated in christ jesus and so out of what you're dealing with and out of what you see comes this incredible new creation that god is building in who you are our key verse today in uh he sang that song for us in communion. Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Wow. And when we come to church and we don't feel like blessing the Lord, it shows us where our soul's at, where our emotional health is. We don't feel like always blessing the Lord. We can be in the middle of our trial. Do we feel like blessing the Lord? No. We're saying, God, you changed my trial. You changed my outlook, my situation. You make things perfect, and then my soul's going to bless you. No. David was catching on my soul is in the pit and it's going to stay in the pit but I've got to rise above that where is he drawing on he's drawing on his relationship with God for the Christian for the believer we're born again in Christ there's something alive in us it's our spirit and it's what causes us to rise up and compensate for the the place where our soul's at and when our spirit begins to rise up and bless God when we rise to that new level our soul starts getting included like wait a second there is something inside me that, that's stronger than my, my negative emotions, my feelings that's connected with negative news and my circumstances. And we ignite, we, we connect, and our soul comes into this place of rest. Why? Because our spirit is rising back to this place that once was when Adam and Eve walked with God. They were walking in a spiritual relationship. They were drawing from this revelation of who Jesus was, who God was, and they lived their natural life. They went out and tended the garden. They did all these things. They were living in complete harmony because spirit, soul, and body were functioning together. Now we're in this place since we asked Jesus Christ to raise up our emotional level as we continue to growing spiritually so we have this thing that's going on where we keep like looking forward. We begin to get excited about life. We begin to look at our negative circumstances and those oppositions and, and to see this is the place where God's going to show himself. This is the place I'm going to rise above uh, where circumstances would keep me and I'm going to live uh, an overcoming life. Bless the Lord, Omar soul and all that is in me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Next time you're having your favorite food, it's a reason to rejoice. God has blessed you with those taste buds. God has blessed you with the satisfying things that you eat. Those are all part of the blessings of God. Again, a lot of times we have to stop and look at our blessings, look at what God's done to get our, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions in sync with God is good. Yeah, I can see some things that need improvement. I can see some things that I'm wanting to change, that I'm praying and believing for. But I can see I have reason to thank God. He is doing things. He is not uh, inactive. He's not dead. He's alive, and he's working to make my life better. I want to go into this next thing, which is connected with the word of God and the truth I I try to give you. And I try to be faithful to what I feel like God's putting on on my heart for us. And the first word is about seed. Again, seed is, especially the word of God, is seed of potential of what God wants to do in our lives and that potential of how he wants to change us. The definition, a plant part, Produced by sexual reproduction that contains the embryo and gives rise to a new individual in flowering plants it's enclosed within the fruit there is a great potential in the seed think of you you are the greatest seed that is on the earth you're god's highest seed creation and you're recreated in christ jesus when you accepted jesus christ and being reconnected there's incredible potential that's going to unfold in your life because you're walking with jesus Luke eight five through eight, a farmer went out to plant. Jesus said, went out to plant his seed. And as he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks, and it began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and dro- and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up within and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. These, this seed grew and produced a crop. That was a hundred times as much as it had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, And anyone who has ears to hear, let him listen and understand. Again, every time you read the word of God, every time you listen to a message, the seed of God's word is coming. It comes first through your mind, and you choose what what you're going to let happen. It could fall on hard ground if sometimes you're receiving or hearing the word, but it's not fitting where you feel like you want it to fit. That's why we're encouraged to plow the ground. Like the farmer has to go and plow up that field before he plants, we're encouraged to examine our heart. We're encouraged to examine our attitude towards God, our attitudes were towards what he's doing in our life. And when we begin to plow, we begin to realize, "Wait a minute, I can't have this mindset. I've got to have a soft heart. I have to believe and receive the word of God, even though maybe it doesn't fit for me at the moment. I have to be open to take in that seed." So in the proper time, as I'm watering it and walking out my relationship with God, at the proper time, that seed that I'm taking in of truth is going to nurture and develop and grow. And so at the proper time, I'm going to have the evidence of that word that I received become part of my life and my experience. So plow the ground. That's part of breaking the power of the past. Plowing the ground, digging. I used to call my wife, we used to call her the backhoe. Because in our relationships, especially in our other church, she's working with broken people and, and encouraging, you've got to dig, you've got to find out. Or, or if you get close to Dory, her, her whole purpose is not to be your friend. She wants to see God develop his purposes and his plans in your life. She wants you to get the best out of life. So she may dig a little on you getting to those things that you don't let anybody touch. Why? Her whole motive is to see you grow. And so she wants to help dig out. She wants the Holy Spirit to dig out those things that are hindering you from growth in your spiritual development and your natural development so we used to call her the backhoe. <laughs> Psalms 20, 126, 5 through 6. Let's go there. Psalms 126. No, I'm not doing a happy dance, Deanna. <laughs> First, the psalmist cries out, Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing sheaves with him. Again, that's that challenge to really look at ourselves, look where our emotions at. Yeah, you may be grief. You may go through a time of anger or bitterness, whatever. Maybe even your relationship, you're going to start really going there. You're going to wrestle with your spouse or with that friend you have. Why? the whole purpose is to put stuff behind you to get up and rise into that place where you can have this fruitfulness and that's that promise wherever you dig wherever you feel sorrow wherever you have to change your life and your emotions that god is going to give you a rejoicing there's going to be an end there's going to be a change that comes a lot of times we step out to try to do things and then we stop short so yeah it's like digging out that weed and then you let it go and it's rained and the weeds get thicker and thicker and you go back again ah it's worse it's okay realize you're starting this project but it's god who's with you that's going to help you through the end so that you start having this fruit from what you're going through luke eight eleven through 15 this is the meaning of the story jesus said the seed is god's word the seeds that fell on on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from your hearts and prevent from what and prevent them from believing and being saved there are times in these services, there are times in your relationship with God, there are times in your quiet time where God is giving you nuggets. But you can get going in your day and there's thoughts that come and the enemy will use your mind like a fly. He'll fly over you and he'll land on you. He wants to steal the truths that God has given to you because he knows if you hang on to those truths, they are going to develop fruit and change in your lives. So don't get worried when you you've gone under attack when God gives you a promise or when you feel like the word comes to you. The seeds on rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while. Then they fall away when they face temptation. There's a temptation over this word I've been giving you not to keep working to develop your emotional health. The seeds that fell among thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message, which is the gospel, the good news, which is the power of God to change our lives and change our emotions, is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. Even the busyness of life, even the reti- r- the routines that, that we all have on us as believers to take care of our families, to work, to, to earn our money. Those things can come and crowd out the message of the gospel and what God's trying to do. And so they never grow to maturity. And the seeds that fell on good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Again, our soul needing healing and emotions for what we're talking about right now. I think life is probably the biggest thing that crowds out the word of God in our relationship with him. The demands, the emotions, people, or or even when you try to move forward and no no one cooperates. Maybe you go back home and you're going to have b- good relationships, you're going to try to connect, and it seems like no one wants to connect, and you feel like, ah, I might as well give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep, keep praying. Keep addressing. Keep calling your family together and engaging in conversations that maybe you wouldn't have. Get people to get around the dinner table when maybe we're all eating different schedules. Try to cause those connections so you can generate these healthy emotions and restore what, w- what has been lost. Go to Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap corruption. Everlasting life. I love how the Word of God gets richer and richer and deeper and deeper. Because it's not just talking about heaven, it's not just talking about being with God for eternity. But sowing to the Spirit, sowing to our spiritual life, working on our emotional health, and adjusting ourselves means you're going to have life right now in your relationships, in your everyday life, on the job, in your finances. Because It's life is now we receive Jesus for eternal life and we have heaven all taken care of for us. But right now, everlasting life means right now, satisfying life, life that's restorative, life that brings hope, life that uh, counters the challenges, compensation for the negative things that are going on in our life. The strength that comes in our life that we can relax in our weaknesses. Why? Because we can experience God's strength coming through. Yes, I have 14 minutes left. I want to throw another word out to you opportunity. Imagine Jesus as he walked, constantly from city to city, town to town. Certain people who were doing certain things, maybe a funeral, someone crippled. Jesus would walk through and he would give a message, or he would ask people, Do you want to be healed? And at that moment, at that moment in the busyness of their life, in the history of how they had lived days, some people had lived 40 years, there was Jesus coming by, giving them opportunities for change. Every moment in our life, that every waking moment, we have opportunities that God's trying to give to us to impart to us life, spiritual life, emotional life, life, wisdom, revelation, understandings about jobs understandings about careers understandings about who you're in relationship with understandings about your future opportunities but yet the busyness of life and the way satan distracts us in our feelings we think investing in god investing in emotional health i don't have time for that excuse me who knows that we are guaranteed for the next moment that we won't be called away home taking every opportunity to grow in God, taking every opportunity to say, God, what do you think about this situation? I'm thinking about doing this. Should I do it? You know, we do not want to miss out on the opportunities God has for us. Definition, a combination of favorable circumstances or situations. God is the one that gives us opportunities. We were created for him. He has a plan. I know a lot of times we think, yeah, everybody has a plan for my life. I'm tired of everyone else's plan. But you don't understand his plan fits totally with how you were made and who you are and wor- what kind of gifts are in you, what kind of spiritual gifts and what kind of natural gifts lie deep beneath the surface that you haven't even gotten in contact with yet. Galatians 6.10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Again, opportunities, every time we get together— Every time we have the opportunity to make an appointment to be with someone, make an opportunity to get to know another person in the church or or, or get together with another family, what is that? It's an opportunity to grow, but it's also an opportunity to find that people have an input, people have something that they're going to add to my life that's going to be really God opportunities that's going to change the way I relate. It's going to change the way I'm feeling lonely and disconnected. Um, Opportunity definition from the Greek, an occasion, set or proper time. Always, there's always opportunities. Convenient due season. There are certain seasons we go through that are hard, but if we stay with it and stay close to God, and even in our ignorance and confusion, we hang on because God is not telling us anything else, we're gonna get through that season and there's gonna be another door of opportunity, another season is gonna come to us and everything is gonna change and we're gonna look back on that, that last season, we're going to think, wow, God, wow, that has set me up for a whole new set of opportunities. Yes. Next word I want to throw at you is agreement. Co-opera- cooperation moves things forward. It expedites all the good things that God has for us. Leviticus 26.8, there is power in agreement. Five of you will chase a, a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousands. All your enemies will fall beneath your sword. The, the definition of agreement, to consent, to be in accord, to have the same opinion, to be beneficial. Jesus prayed one of his last prayers before he went to the cross in John seventeen eleven. He said, Father, keep through your name those you have given me that they may be one as we are one. Again, the enemy keeps us divided, isolated, disconnected. Why? If we're disconnected, we are not functioning in agreement. We're not functioning in that multiplication power of agreement. And agreement, just like if you look in Genesis when it talked about the Tower of Babel, without God, they came together to make this big old, big old tower and their unity outside of God was powerful in building this structure. W- unity is probably the most powerful thing. If there is disunity, there's uh, a disruption of that power and that element of the God factor. Amos 3:3. can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Especially in the home, the enemy tries to bring division in marriages. Why? He knows that their disconnection is going to affect the kids. It's going to affect the couple. it's going to affect their friends, it's going to affect their work ethic. It's going to affect every person they touch. So note in your own marriages and, and family relationships, how the enemy tries to bring division and disconnection. And he always is trying to separate our personalities and our temperaments. Oh, you have a temperament like that? No, I don't really like your temperament. i bye. You know, we need each other. God is building a body. We need every personality, every temperament. We need, I had this guy after I spoke on my last uh, camp at on that Saturday two weeks ago, and he came up and said, Wow you just really emphasize the importance of our connection and, and our strengths and our weaknesses being part of the body now he says i see there's people i'm seeing in our church and i think oh they're not important they're not doing this and that but it rema- reminded me of what corinthians says about the least person that we feel like is important is the most strategic and important part of the body so whatever the enemy's telling you about you're not valued here he's a liar No matter what you see about yourself, no matter what you look like, you are so incredible. You are so important as a part of the body of Christ. And that's where the enemy wants to keep you from fellowship, keep you from planning in a church, keep you isolated doing other things. Why? Because he knows if you connect with who you are and with the people you're supposed to be connected to, you will become such a powerful person in the kingdom of God. Matthew 18, 19 through 20 This is in the context of forgiving your brother, forgiving your family member, of having open relationships, of quickly dealing with offenses, going to a person, especially someone that you love and care about, in the body or in your family so that agreement can stand. Jesus said, I tell you this, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Again, there's generating this connectedness that God wants as we're members of the body of Christ. We're in this unity. We're connected now in such something so much bigger than ourselves. Yeah, we can live in isolation and independence our whole life, striving to complete what we want to complete or to attain what we want to complain. But when we get to the end of that road without God or without that spiritual connection and family, we realize there's an emptiness. Why? It's because we were created to have relationship and connection with God and people and so yeah it's good to have hobbies and things but keep your connectedness with god and people so that at the end of you attaining everything you feel like is on your heart and especially in god's will you have this ongoing connection with the body of christ with people i'm so thankful that Norm and judy are still with us he could have gone off and retired a number of times in the last 15 years but he stayed with us he stayed connected to this body he stayed a member a, a vital connected member I don't know if I should throw this out or wait. I'll pass it. I'll pass it. Um, Enoch, maybe come on up and start playing some music. Three are better than one for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Live in brokenness and vulnerability. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, Paul wrote, The Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And you know, when I think of the prodigal, he went through hard life Lessons. You know, he lost all of his inheritance, but at the end of his inheritance, the most important thing happened. His independence was broken off. And he came to a sense and he said, You know what? I miss my father. I want to go back and I just want to be a slave if he'll receive me. The person who really I feel sad for was the older brother because he lived with the father. He did all the right things, but he was disconnected. He was as independent as the other brother because he didn't see the value in being connected and having relationships, And he missed out on more years than the younger brother. Keep working on your emotional health. Don't forget those papers are in the back. Will you stand?